Well, hello, so good to be with you today. Thanks so much for joining us. I know it's cold, I know it's January, I know the Mandalorian's finished on TV, so, well, you know what? Jesus is still on the throne. It's that the church has always thrived in tough times, in tough seasons. So even in the midst of this lockdown, I hope you're well, I hope you're safe, and I hope your family is safe. And uh, it's just great to be together and joining together to worship God, to hear from his word together. It's actually the last time that I'm going to be hosting in the studio. We just really wanted to make sure that we help stop the spread of the virus. And so we're going to just minimize contact in that way. Uh, I'm sad because I was meant to be hosting with Josh today and we're going to have a bit of banter as we normally do. But sadly, he's going to be on camera at a separate time to me, although I'm sure he's going to be making faces behind the camera while I'm on and I shall get my revenge uh, while I'm on camera, which is to say that he's not allowed to have real plants anymore. He has to have plastic plants because um, they die. So anyway, this is, I just found out this is a plastic plant. I always thought it was real, but anyway, there we go. So, you know, even in these tough times, it is so good to just reflect on what God is doing. And I just love you to watch this video and just uh, listen to some of the things that happen through our Love Christmas Appeal. Uh, Caroline and, and others are gonna share what God's been doing over Christmas through our appeal. Just watch this and enjoy. This Christmas, we've seen the power of practical love and kindness bring light to people across the UK through our Love Christmas initiative. With your help, we've worked with churches up and down the country towards our vision of delivering one million boxes of hope and love to the most vulnerable and isolated. Thousands of volunteers have helped to pack and deliver boxes, bringing joy, hope and connection to communities in need. Here at the King's Arms, we gave out 250 Christmas boxes. 108 of these went to the neediest families at four different primary schools. 65 went to the homeless and refugees served by the King's Arms project. 10 went to women experiencing domestic violence and 67 went to the elderly. We managed to forge relationships with all four of those primary schools, their head teachers and family workers, as well as three different care homes and also an organisation called Families First. It was also wonderful to see two year groups at Camston Primary collecting food for us. And with that food, we were able to fill 26 Christmas boxes and also Bedford Kindness. Their, through their Facebook page, they gathered food and goodies for us as well. But that was wonderful. We've had lovely feedback from the schools and from the, some of the parents. And so we want to take this opportunity to say a huge thank you to all of you, over 100 different families that contributed food and money, time and resources to these Christmas boxes. It couldn't be done without you. We were able to serve our local community in this very special way over Christmas because of what you did. So thank you so much. Oh, brilliant. It's just so great to hear how we're partnering together and um, helping those in our community um, in, in, in such a great way. And as Simon said before, unfortunately, we can't host together at the same time. But I've still got so much joy because Simon inappropriately behind the camera has been making funny faces, um, which makes it so much easier to host with you guys and drew attention to my wonderful plant, which, whilst it's not real, I still think looks absolutely great. Um, but it's great to be with you guys again, even if it is in this way. And I just hope you guys are doing well. 
Um, we're going to go into a time of worship now, um, which I always look forward to. Um, so just wherever you find yourself watching this, just engage, um, join in with the worship and just uh, focus your heart to connect with Jesus in this time.
asked my mind to Calvary where Jesus bled and died for me I see his wounds his hands his feet my Savior on that cursed tree His body bound and drenched in tears They laid him down in Joseph's tomb The entrance by heavy stone Messiah's death and all Oh, praise the name of the Lord our God. Oh, praise His name forevermore. For endless days we will sing Your praise. Oh, Lord, oh, Lord our 
worship you. I worship you. You are here working in this place. I worship you. I worship you. You are here moving in our midst. I worship you. I worship you. You are here working in this place. I worship you. I worship you. You are waymaker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness. My God, that is who you are. You are waymaker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness. My God, that is who you are. You are here. Touching every heart, I worship you. I worship you. You are here, healing every life. I worship you. I worship.
Yeah, Lord, we just thank you for this uh, time together where we can just fix our eyes on you and we can just remember who's in charge and who's supreme and who's sovereign over all things. And we just want to take this moment just to celebrate you and your imminence and your majesty, that you're both close to us, but also majestic over everything. And we just lean into that truth and into that strength today, that you are the king of our hearts, that you are the one uh, that is the source of all strength and all hope in this time and we just thank you that we can draw that strength and that hope from you we just worship you king jesus we just love you and we just say come holy spirit i pray come fill every heart fill every uh, life that's reaching out to you right now fill them with hope fill them with comfort thank you jesus that you introduced the holy spirit as the comforter and so we say holy spirit come bring comfort where it's needed for those who are struggling for those who are even despairing come bring your comfort now and bring your strength and i thank you lord that you have caused us to have victory in you, that you've caused us to rise up in you, that you've caused us to draw strength in you. And we just celebrate that and worship you and thank you in this time. Amen. Amen. God bless you all. Thanks for worshipping with us today. And I'd love us just to take a moment now to take our offering. This is where we get an opportunity to worship in a different way through our finances. Jesus spoke about money more than any other subject because he knew that money is the seat 
of so much within us and that as we, uh, where our heart is, where our, where our money is there, our heart is also, that the two are linked together. And so as we give now, we give as an act of worship to him, giving thanks uh, to him. The, screen's gonna, the slide's going to come up on the screen, giving you ways that you can give. Thanks so much for partnering with us, for enabling all that God does through us as a community. Uh, here's an opportunity to give right now. Brilliant. So for some of you, you may or may not know, I'm self-employed and uh, run a small business here in Bedford. And in these times, it's been really, really difficult. Um, there's not been, a, I, I've personally fallen through the cracks for a lot of the funding and the help. And in general, actually, I haven't actually had an income coming from my business since March, since schools first initially closed. And whilst we've been trying to get back up and running and trying to um, make things happen, actually, with every change that happens and every dynamic, it sets us back again. Um, but I, I remember sharing with Simon, actually, that um, ironically, probably in such a struggle, I feel like God has really found a way for me to find authentic joy in this season. I feel like there were many things that brought me happiness when things were going well. But through the struggle and through the storm, um, actually, God has found a way for me to tap into uh, the beauty of family, the beauty um, that the world has to offer and actually seeing people come together and really um, join with each other in heart and in spirit to just get through uh, what has been a very difficult time. And I know there are others out there all who have different stories um, of how this time may have impacted them, especially with small businesses, especially uh, for those who are self-employed. But I just want to encourage you, no matter how bleak it may look, we just have to remind ourselves of the, the true source um, of, of our provision. And uh, Jesus is that source. He is our provider. And just to lean on him and to trust him and believe that what doors are closed are closed because it's intentional for him and what doors are open and will be open are divine and from God. So um, I just want to pray if you would have me pray for you right now as I pray for myself um, in this time and just lift up our businesses, uh, lift up our families and the overall impact of this um, on us and the wider community. So Lord, we just come before you right now boldly but humbly before your throne, Lord. Uh, we acknowledge, Lord, that whilst uh, the world is spinning and what may seem like absolute chaos, Lord, um, that you don't change, Lord, and that you have a perfect plan and a perfect will for our lives. So um, even now, as I bring before you those with small businesses and um, those who are self-employed, um, at times where things have seemed hopeless, um, at times where we have been scurrying around and trying our hardest to take control of uh, our lives ourselves, Lord, you have been in control. You have seen, Lord, uh, the beginning from the end, Jesus, and uh, we just trust you. And we just want to put our businesses before you. We want to put our finances before you. And we just want to ask, Lord, that you will just take full control. Lord, that you will open the doors that need to be opened, Lord, and close the ones that don't, Lord. That you will cause there to be a, a level of support from those around us. And that uh, you will see the need in the community. And Lord, there will be miraculous and divine miracles in our lives, Lord. Uh, pray that we will use this time to draw closer to you, Lord. And that actually that there will be new ideas and new uh, creative minds, Lord, that will grow in this time and that uh, it will ultimately point to your kingdom, Lord, and to your grace and your mercy. So we just trust you. We leave it to you and we just pray for more of your joy in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. 
Well, right now we're going to go into the word and we have the wonderful Phil Wilfew who's going to be bringing it today. So again, just engage, just get ready and receive what he has from God. Well, hello, King's Arms Church family and everyone else that's joining us today. It's so, so good to be together and I miss all your faces and I can't wait to see you all sometime soon. And I hope that the start of your year has been okay despite all the challenges that we are currently facing right now, not just in this nation, but right around the world. And I've got some good news for us all today, which is this. We might be locked down, but we are not locked out. We might be locked down, but we are not locked out. Why? Because our King Jesus is on the throne. He is still ruling and reigning over planet Earth and he is working out his purposes even in testing times. And the truth is, if you and I can grasp hold of purpose, it helps us to navigate the pain. If we can see that there's some reason that something is being accomplished, even in the testing, it helps us to navigate a pathway through if we can grasp purpose. And God is working out his purposes. You know, purpose helps us navigate pain. Even this morning at quarter past seven, when I was meant to be doing my legs workout at home, I mean, my bed was screaming for my attention and screaming for me to get back in it. But somehow the purpose of having muscles as big as my son's or Dan Framingham pushed me through the pain to do a workout because there's purpose. I knew actually there was benefit on the other side of the test. And the truth is that God is working out his purposes in us, even in this moment of lockdown. In fact, Ephesians 1.11 says this, that God is making everything work out according to his purpose. God is working out everything according to his purpose. And that's why it's such a comforting doctrine to understand something about the sovereignty of Almighty God, that he is not blown by the winds and waves of our circumstances and history, but he is above it all, working out his purposes, even in the moments of difficulty and pain. And of course, one of God's chief purposes in his people is to make us like Jesus. You want to understand what God's purpose is in your life and my life, where his purpose is, he's making us to look like his son, Christ. He's conforming us into the image of Jesus. And the picture I love to often think about is that Father God sitting like a potter at a clay wheel and he's molding the clay and he's shaping the clay. And like a great artist might do, he's modeling us on someone who's standing in the corner modeling and the father keeps looking up and he's modeling us, modeling us into the likeness of someone else. And that likeness is his son, Jesus. This is what 2 Corinthians 3.18 says, we are all being transformed into his image with ever increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the spirit. See, even in this moment of national difficulty and perhaps for many of us, real tangible personal difficulty, I would encourage you to lift your eyes and understand that your father is with you. And he is working out his purposes in your life and my life, even through the difficulties. Because here's the truth. The way that we so often grow into the likeness of Jesus is by walking through difficulties and encountering God there. 
This is one of the ways that God changes us. You know, uh, diamonds are forged through intense heat and intense pressure, a hundred miles below the surface of the earth. They're being formed and ground into something precious and beautiful. You know, pearls are created through the process of, frankly, irritation. And out of irritation, something beautiful is formed. And the way that we grow is so often through difficulty and encountering God with us in the midst of those moments. And this is one of those moments and you know i am concerned for some christians that i talk to and hear about who are struggling with their faith who are actually maybe even losing their faith because they cannot reconcile something difficult is happening so where is god well i would suggest to you that the bible is very very clear it says through many hardships we enter the kingdom we are after all called to follow the crucified saviour, the suffering servant, the one who gave his life up as a ransom. He's actually the model, the one that we're following is a suffering servant, a one who went through difficulty. In fact, Hebrews 5 says that even Jesus learned obedience through the things that he suffered and so became a saviour for us. The way that God makes us and fashions us into the image of Christ is so often through difficult moments and I know in my life so often I want the the benefits of the kingdom without going through the route that those benefits come through you know for example if I was to just say today uh, you know how many uh, here would like to become mature and complete and not lacking in anything I think all of us would say, I would like that benefit of the kingdom. If that's on offer, then I would like that benefit of the kingdom. Well, here's how James says that we get that benefit. It says, by considering it pure joy when you encounter trials of many kinds. It's a bit awkward, isn't it? How do you become mature, complete, not lacking anything? Consider it pure joy when you suffer trials of many kinds. And you might legitimately say to me, um, I don't know, isn't there another route to that? Isn't there another kind of shortcut that I could take, you know, another route to that benefit? Well, uh, let me ask you this question. How many of us would like to produce a harvest of righteousness and peace in our lives? How many of us would love that benefit of the kingdom? Well, I certainly would. Well, here's the route to that benefit according to the Bible. Hebrews 12, 11 says, Endure hardship as discipline. No discipline seems pleasant at the time, but it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who have been trained by it. See, the Bible is very clear. Actually, it's often through difficulties. It's through enduring hardship. It's by working through discipline that actually we produce the fruit of the kingdom. We begin to look like Jesus, the suffering servant who gave up his rights, who gave up his life and so became a savior for many. He is the model. The cross is the model of the kingdom that we are now in. Here's another one. Um, how many of us would uh, like to have greater perseverance, greater character, greater hope overflowing from us. I'd like that benefit of the kingdom. Well, Romans 5.2 tells us the route to those benefits. It says, 
learn to glory in your sufferings. Now, the purpose of this message is not to depress you, but it is to point the reality to myself and to those that are listening right now that the Bible is clear. Through many hardships, through many tribulations, we enter the kingdom of heaven. And it's not that evil ever originates in God. He is not ever the author of evil. But God will so often use the difficulties, the pressures, the perplexities, the confusing things of life to actually draw us deeper into him and discover his grace. How else do we discover that God is a comforter like no other unless in moments we need comfort? How do we discover that God is our great counsellor unless there are moments where we just don't know what to do? How do we know that God is a great and perfect provider unless there are moments where we are just in need? How do we know that God is a light and a lamp to our path unless at times we are walking in the valley of the shadow of death? How do we know God is shepherd, the beautiful shepherd of our souls, unless at times we wander astray and we need to be led to green pastures? So often difficulty is the route to discover God. And so I want to encourage us in this moment of lockdown, that we are locked down, but we are not locked out because God is working out all things in conformity with the purpose of his will. He's still on the throne. He's still fashioning you into the likeness of Christ. He is still at work in our lives. And it was last March in the first lockdown where God began to speak to me about caves in scripture. Yeah, caves. Because caves actually in the Bible are so often representative of places of hiding, of seclusion, of restriction, of lockdown. And many people in scripture encountered lockdowns. They encountered restrictions when they were hiding in caves. And in those moments, God was working out his purposes in their lives. And so I wanna just quickly mention three cave stories in scripture to show you some of the purposes of God for us in this season. And the first one of those caves is Obadiah's cave, Obadiah's cave, which you can read about in 1 Kings chapter 18. And Obadiah was a servant in the king's palace. He served under a very evil king in Israel, King Ahab, who was married to Jezebel, again, a notoriously evil woman. And under their leadership, they systematically began to hunt down the prophets of Israel and slaughter them and put them in prison and put them to death. And they were wicked leaders, but Obadiah was a God-fearer. And this is what we read about his actions in this time in Israel. 1 Kings 18 and verse 2, we read this. Now Obadiah greatly feared the Lord. For when Jezebel had slaughtered the prophets of the Lord, Obadiah had taken a hundred prophets and hidden them, 50 men per cave, providing them with food and water. Obadiah's cave was for the purpose of nurturing and protecting the prophetic movement in Israel. And because of his care, because of his attention, he enabled the prophets of Israel to not be completely slaughtered, but to survive this moment, to weather this storm, but then come out the other side stronger. And it's 
in this context that we see Elijah, the great prophet of his day, emerge and become a voice of change in the nation of Israel. Uh, in fact, by the time you hit 2 Kings chapter 2, you find whole companies of prophets who are serving kings and serving the nation freely because of Obadiah's act here, because he hid them in a cave in the right season. And this was not just about God preserving the prophetic, it was about God preparing the prophetic for a new season. And this is, I believe, one of God's purposes in this cave season for us, the COVID cave season, is that he is nurturing in behind closed doors, in our homes, in moments of restriction and lockdown, he is preparing a prophetic people who are going to emerge in our nation with words of power from heaven to earth. And so God is not just preserving us, he is preparing our hearts, he's incubating something that is going to be powerful in our nation. And, you know, one of the things God's doing in the prophetic in this moment is that he's putting character into the prophetic. I remember as a kid going to the Science Museum in London and watching this simulation of what happens to the human body when you take all the bones out. And I remember watching with fascination as this this picture of a human body, the bones were taken out and the human body literally just kind of crumpled into a heap. And I've never forgot that image because in many ways that's a picture of character. The backbone of our lives, the backbone of humanity is that we are men and women of substance, of God-like character, that we are men and women of integrity and truthfulness and loyalty and of love and of servant-heartedness and of humility. And prophetic gifting is meant to pack a punch because actually it's got the backbone of character in it as well. You know, gifting will only get you so far, but character is the platform from which everything is launched. And I just get the sense this in this moment that God is graduating prophetic ministry from just something that has high gifting to something that has character and gifting as a left-right combo. And I tell you, we are going to emerge from this season with powerful words that will bring change to the nation. This is Obadiah's cave. The prophets were locked down, but they weren't locked out. They were emerging with treasure to carry, and that's what's going to happen to us as well. The second cave is Adullam's cave. Adullam's cave, which you can read about in 1 Samuel 22. And this is a cave that the young leader, David, hid himself in. And at the time, David was not yet king of Israel, but he was an emerging leader and warrior and hero in the nation of Israel. And under his leadership, many great battles had been won. And the current king, King Saul, had become to get very, very jealous of young King David. And so began to pursue him, to kill him out of his jealousy. And so David flees for his life and he ends up hiding in the cave of Adullam. And this is what we read in 1 Samuel 22 and verse 2. Then others began joining David men who were in trouble or in debt or were just discontented until David was the captain of about 400 men. What David thought was just a hiding place, a moment of restriction, being locked down in the cave and hiding actually became a, a cave of great purpose. 
what was meant to be a cave of hiding became a training camp for an army. And God creates an army out of those in debt, those in trouble, and those who are discontented. And that's a pretty shabby start. And, you know, maybe some of those descriptions describe you or I at different moments at the moment. Maybe we feel in trouble. Maybe we're in debt. Maybe we just feel discontented. Well, listen, the good news, friends, is that we are the very people, the very weak and fragile people that God, in his wisdom, loves to use. You know, the good news is that God takes weak people, like in the Dullam's cave around David, and he fashions them into a mighty, mighty army. Actually, this company under David came to be known as David's Mighty Men, and they accomplished great exploits from very, very weak beginnings. And again, one of God's purposes in this season is that he is perhaps connecting us to our own feelings of weakness. And maybe that's not such a bad thing because in our weakness, his power is made perfect. And I felt many moments like that during different lockdowns this year. I felt my own weakness. I felt my own flatness. I felt my own you know, fragility. And what happened in that moment is God, by his spirit, is drawing us to seek him, to humble ourselves and say, Jesus, I need you. And if one thing comes out of this lockdown is me being a more humble and prayerful man that knows he needs God, I tell you, that is a powerful fruit that is going to make a difference in the rest of our lives. This is what happens in the cave. There's purpose. We're locked down, but we're not locked out because God is at work. And then the last cave is Lazarus's tomb, which you can read about in John 11. Many of you will be familiar with this story. Lazarus was a good friend of Jesus, and yet he tragically died. And Jesus turns up four days late for the funeral. Lazarus has been in a cave for four days, and Jesus says, take the stone away. And they're like, Jesus, we can't. Lazarus's body will be stinking by now. And Jesus is like, no, no, no. You are going to see the glory of God if you take that stone away. And so they obey Jesus. And then this is what we read in John 11, verse 43. Jesus called out in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The dead man came out, his hands and feet wrapped with strips of linen and a cloth around his face. And Jesus said to them, take off the grave clothes and let him go. Lazarus's encounter in the cave was a resurrection encounter. It was an encounter with the power, the miraculous, supernatural, death-defying power of Jesus, who just moments before said to those watching, I am the resurrection and the life. I tell you what, out of this season of COVID cave time, God is going to move in resurrection power on his people. I believe we are coming out of the cave in the power of the Holy Spirit in a way that we have never known before. You know, it says of Jesus' temptation that he went into the wilderness. He was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. But as he emerged 40 days later, it says he emerged from the wilderness in the power of the Spirit. And news about him spread through the whole country. Friends, this is God's purpose in this season. Out the other side of the COVID cave is a church that's going to carry resurrection power. He has taken the grave clothes off his people and he's calling us out. He's saying, church of Jesus Christ, come out of the tomb, come out of the grave. 
I am the resurrection and the life. We might be locked down at the moment, but I tell you what, we are not locked out because God is working out his purposes. And just as we close, I was reading this week about Nelson Mandela and about his restriction, about his cave time, about his time in lockdown. In fact, it was 27 years spent in a South African prison during the apartheid era. And for many of those years, he was at Robben Island in a very, very small cell. Uh, he was allowed one visitor a year for 30 minutes at a time. He was allowed to write and read one letter a year. And he was on solitary confinement for much of that time and working in a stone quarry. And yet this is what he said about that time. He said, I realized that I could not lose. I either win or I learn. Just think about that. He's in a prison 27 years of his life and his mentality was this, I cannot lose. I'm either gonna win and get out of this prison or while I'm in it, I'm gonna learn. And that is a kingdom mentality, friends. Do you know what? We're either gonna win and we're gonna get out of our COVID cave at some point or we're gonna learn and we're gonna find God in the cave. We might be locked down, but we are not locked out. Amen. Brilliant. Thank you so much, Phil, for that message. I love that quote. I never lose. I either win or I learn. And I just pray for each one of us that in this season, in this time, we would do exactly that, that we would win or we would learn. And uh, I pray for each one of us uh, this week that we would draw strength from what Phil said and from gathering together. I pray that you would know uh, the power of Jesus working in you and through you, creating un unexpected opportunities to win or to learn or to grow deeper in him. God bless you. Have a fantastic week. Well, hello. <laughs> This little fella down here. Is it real or plastic? <laughs> Is it plastic? I introduced myself. It feels weird to introduce myself. No, I thought that was real. I'm a bit gutted about that. <laughs> and I didn't know whether to stop or just power through. <laughs> You'll see my eyes flickering up. They're like flickering up. And I can see Simon's like this, like trying to like cover it. He's like trying to get to stop making noise. In case, in case this makes the outtakes and you hear it in the background, that was Simon's phone going off whilst I was deep in prayer. I think he's taking distraction to a whole new level. <laughs> <laughs>